Do, 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 intro music. Inspiring <laughs> intro art music. <laughs> Welcome to Revival. My name is Minton John Matthews III with my friend Von Bielek. We are here again to speak to at least five people that are listening to this. Maybe six. Uh, maybe maybe six. six. Thank maybe. you, Mom and Dad. Um, <laughs> and all my cousins. Yes. Uh, how are you? How's life? How's it going? Oh, it's been a weird few days. I, I had, uh, it's just, it, I'll just say it's been, a, it's been a weird, a weird week, but, um, right now pretty good. Like I was telling you before we started recording, I took myself an, an old man nap sitting straight up at the couch, like a dead body. And, uh, <laughs> I feel recharged. I feel good. I feel good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like we were saying, naps are really fucking important to, to me mm. as an old person. I'm um, a big believer in naps. I'm, I'm all for it. I don't know how old I am. I'll be honest with you. I, I'm either 44 or 45. I was born in 1976. I don't know if that means anything. If anyone wants to do the math, I'm too old yeah. for it. But uh, yeah, um, one of the things I'm going through right now, and I just talked about this on my Instagram, but I, I hear you're uh, going through a thing. I'm moving to Atlanta, Georgia. You're moving back to Atlanta, Georgia. I'm, I'm going home. Yeah, yes. I'm, I'm moving back to Atlanta, Georgia. I'm incredibly jealous and envious. I'm, I'm excited. Um, Good. It's one of those things like I'm not going to go into all how it happened, but I can say that in a certain way, it was like actually actually out of my control. It was just like right. I have a very dear person to me and they were just like, you're not being there anymore. You're being here. And this did it. Um, yeah. And given COVID-19 and the fact that I've basically been on a tattoo work for several months, um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the best thing for me. The universe just went and just lined up. I mean, I don't want to go through every little story, but some pretty unbelievable miracle type things lined up for this to happen. So I'm like, this is where the universe wants it to be. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I'm not doing that thing. Like I'm, I'm not demonizing Chicago and like glorifying Atlanta. I know that both come with issues, but sure. I can say that I, 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 I'm man enough to admit that my eyes welled up with tears when I thought about the fact that I would not have to live through another Chicago winter. <laughs> like it was just, and, uh, and you get to see those beautiful Atlanta spring fucking, ah, uh, I miss it. I miss living there. I love Atlanta. Well, I, the trees really, the trees uh, are one of the biggest thing for me. Cause I love the trees in Chicago. I'm not, I'm not saying they're bad, but yeah. they're nowhere near as tall. Like Atlanta trees are just robust, tall sons of bitches. And I, I miss that. And mm-hmm. uh, as one of my other friends articulated to me recently, it's like, you could, you know, you're just a Southern boy. That's yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You, that's where you are. Um, and I'm, I, Chicago has been amazing to me. I love Chicago. I'll be coming up to Chicago periodically uh, either once or twice a month. I'll be tattooing at Metamorph Studios here. So all those people that are contacting me on, on Instagram going, Oh my God, what's going on with my tattoo? That's unfinished. I will be back here uh, to tattoo once or twice a month, especially after I get settled. Um, in yeah. Atlanta. As of yet, I don't know what studio I'll be at in Atlanta. I'm checking out a few different places, trying to figure out which one's going to work out best and be a, the better fit. But I will be tattooing Atlanta. Um, it's crazy. I announced that and I started, I got inundated with people from Atlanta going, I must be tattooed. Let's do this. And <laughs> that was awesome. Well, um, you've got, I mean, you've got to, you got to know that there's, we, we both put in a lot of time in that town. So moving back, there's people who miss you. That's crazy to me, man, because it's weird. <laughs> it's weird because 
like I've got friends in Chicago, but I, yeah. it, it, it's a weird thing. Like uh, I started talking about that and people came out of the woodwork going, oh my God, I'm so glad you're coming back. I'm like, whoa, I haven't right. heard from you never that. I can't wait to see you, you know? Right. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, Man, the fact I'm, there, that- I'm, I'm there a lot. Like uh, my wife and I, we go to visit, um, I don't know, a few times, a few times a year. We go for a couple of events that we like to go to. And it's just every time it's, it's, she had never she had never lived there, but now after all of her visits, it's like um, she considers it uh, fairly home like as well. It's just very it's a people can say whatever, but my experience with that town is it's it's my second home, and Atlanta welcomed me so many times, and and I, I've been through a lot there, and I really I have a it's a huge piece of my heart in that town. Yeah, I mean I'm very 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 excited. I mean, I gotta be honest with you. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty. I mean, moving sucks. Yeah. But um, at the same time, you know, uh, at the end of that rainbow, there's, there's, there's some good stuff. And uh, and you get to take a little road trip. The driving down will be good. And I, I, I fucking, have, I love road trips. Same. Um, I, I love it. But um, yeah, man. I mean, it, it's exciting news. I'm excited to do that. Um. You know, I've got, I've still got my, you know, some family down there and that's going to be great. Yeah. And uh, a lot of good stuff, man. Good. Um, I'm really, I'm, again, really I'm really jealous. I'm, I'm happy for you. And I'm all, I, 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 like you said, you're up there a lot. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to see you as well, you know, to, we'll to, get to record, we'll get to record one of these episodes or maybe we'll get to record one in, in real life in person together. I think it'll room. be cool. Yeah, yeah. We can, we can use my space and um, it's, we should it's record a, it at the Highlander. um i guess preferably not close to death uh, as we used to be but um yeah that'd be be fucking cool i wonder if chris or darby would have a problem with that no Um, no we could we could pretty much do whatever we want that's always (laughs) we can take over that was cool yeah i reached out to a few artists there and they've been so warm and so welcoming and it's yeah there's a great art community there there's a really great art community there you're gonna you're gonna find it's it's because your 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 focus has shifted from music to to art, and when you move back there, you're going to see a whole different side to the town. I think. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but also it's you know, the other thing. I took a trip recently, like last year. I took a week trip down there, and I guest spotted and tattooed, and it was a great time. Right. But one of the things, like when I moved to Chicago from Atlanta, I'm like, man, I've upped my food game. You know, Chicago's food. But when I went back down to Atlanta. It was like there were, I mean, the food was amazing. Like there was straight up amazing shit going on there. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So uh, I don't want to bore people with that. But yeah, uh, I'm moving to Atlanta. So if you're in and about Atlanta, let me know. Uh, We can set up tattoo times or all kinds of fun stuff like that. Um, But uh, a friend of yours who lives in Atlanta posted a thing on their Facebook today. And it was David Bowie. And he was talking about how basically to not sell out with art, to not be, um, to not do art that other people want you to do necessarily and always be on the deep end of, of, you know, being scared. And I wanted to talk about that. I want to talk about right. what you feel like is selling out with art. And, and is it, cause I have some pretty divisive opinions on this. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I have some pretty divisive opinions and I, I want to see what yours are. Like in a nutshell, let me ask you what, is selling out. See, I have, I, I, we may go opposite on this. I'm not sure yet. Cause I have no idea what you're going to say. My, <laughs> my, my take, um, see sell out when, when I was a musician in, in, in my musical 
experience of life, um, you know, sellout was a bad thing. Sellout was, you know, you've, you've turned into something you're not, you have gone with a trend that's not true to who you are. And I believed that, like I bought into all of that. And I was a, I was a kid, you know, in my twenties or whatever. And I, I bought into that as I've gotten more mature in, in my creative endeavors, I guess, I don't see the quote unquote selling out as necessarily a bad thing. I think that there's two sides to it. What I would say is there are sellouts in the frame of people who just create art that they know is always going to sell as far as like um, they go for easy targets. Like if, um, if a famous person dies, they paint that person before the body's in the ground. I find that to be a little distasteful. And, and I would oh, say that. Man, that you know, there's some, there, a, there, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but there are certain times where you say things where I just decide how much I love you more. But yes, <laughs> I agree. Sorry to interrupt. Um, but yeah. I, you know, I still haven't painted a Lemmy, and he was one of my favorite people. You know, just not just the music, but I met him a couple times. Like, just a, a great person. And I still haven't been able to bring myself to paint him. So that that's something that, to me, I don't necessarily begrudge anyone who does. Like, I'm not knocking the people who do that. I'm just speaking for myself. I can't do that. But Okay, so let me ask you a question about that, then. Yeah, yeah. You get an email. Somebody says, look. I will pay you ten grand to paint a Lemmy. Yeah. Would you do it? I'm gonna ask them why. <laughs> God, <laughs> how did how did you become so fucking cool? I mean, I remember us both being super uncool people, but right. I, I, I I I couldn't agree with that more. What you just said is a nutshell of like understanding that makes me makes me smile. I, I, I want love to know, that you just said that. Yeah, I would want to know why. If it's if it's um. If it's a, a guy who, who I know is going to really, it's an important thing, I may not ask him why. There's people I know that if they would ask me, I would paint damn near anything for them. But if it's somebody that's just like got a hold of me randomly and was like, you know, would you paint me a Lemmy? I would have to know why because I'd need to know if it was something that was – because for me to do that, there's, there's only – okay. I took a very long time before I made my first pass at painting the creature from the Black Lagoon. Because he's my favorite monster. It took me a long time to get the, the nerve to uh, feel like I had the audacity <laughs> to paint something like that. So for me to paint something, someone like that, it would take a, a, a reason beyond the dollar signs. I mean, the dollar signs would be great, but there, I would just need to know why. I was, um, I was online not too long ago, and I noticed everybody and their fucking mother was painting... Um, well, everybody's painting Baby Yoda, right? Like, you see Baby Yoda everywhere. Like, every artist has a Baby Yoda in certain circles. And I just was like, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm just, I'm not doing that. Unless, like, here's a number. And so I made a post and I said, I will paint a Baby Yoda for this number. And, and it'll be a one-off. I'll only do one. I won't even make prints of it. I'll do one. And I put the number out there. And I had people, like laughing like they thought I was joking I wasn't joking like like if I'm going to do something like that I'm just going to make sure it's worth it to me on a spiritual level and a financial level at the same time I hear that you know I mean my <laughs> I, I agree with what you talked about in the beginning of this where you were saying I feel like 
selling out, and I won't mention names, but I, I've met artists, and I think from afar you could you could accuse a lot of artists of this, uh, maybe sure. even including myself. But internally, I know what's actually happening. But when they paint the same thing over and over again, yeah, they painted it or drawn it, and it worked, and then that's it, and that's that's what they do. Um, that bothers me because I always feel like I have to be on the deep end of something. Are you talking always, about like like stylistically? Or are you talking about like there's that guy, and I think he is from Georgia, the Blue Dog guy. Do you know who I'm talking about? I do know who you're talking about. I wonder, like, he found he found a spot that works for him, and I I don't begrudge him either. But it's like I I couldn't live in that. That's the thing is that okay. Uh, when I talk about this with like people in person, I would say different stuff than I would say publicly. But <laughs> there are lie. certain there are certain musicians. Yeah, and they get they get a song. Okay, you know I'll just say this. Okay, because okay. they're one of, they're one of my favorite bands, um, Rage Against the Machine. I love their song. Now their song stretches many albums, but it's a great great fucking <laughs> song. Okay, I mean it's a great song. I mean, like, I want to listen to it all day long. I, I, I listen to Rage Against the Machine probably once a week. Love the band. But sincerely, like, uh, somebody who's into to that kind of new metal, which I like new metal Right, right. I, you know, there are times having an entire Rage Against the Machine playlist on my iTunes, there are times like, oh, which song is this? And I will literally think that they're playing one song when they're playing a different song. Yeah, yeah. They found a thing. Now, I'm not saying they're sellouts. But I will say with painting, when I see somebody do that with painting, I feel like that's selling out. Now, one would say, well, Minton, you've painted Chihuahuas for X-Files covers. That's got to be right. selling out. Now, I, learned a, I learned a lot doing that cover. Yeah. I le- that specific cover, I learned a lot about myself. When I was doing comics, uh, I, I'm not doing a lot of comics right now, and it's for a bunch of different reasons, but it taught me – a ton about who I was and I viewed yeah. comics as boot camp for being an artist. Cause if you, if you asked me, if you can't even like, Hey Minton, I want you to do a commission of a tank. I got you. Cause I've done, right. you know, 40 fucking tanks. Like I didn't want to be a one hit pony, but th- when you look at the body of my work, I paint a lot of dark women and I've had people talk to me about how they feel like I was shocked when I first got told this, but they were like, I feel like some of the things you do is very similar. I'm like, oh God, you know, I really don't feel that way, but I can see from the outside standpoint. So I always give artists that benefit of the doubt. There are famous artists in our genre that do similar stuff, but if you really get into their mindset, is it? Right. I think it's golf. You're playing against yourself. You know, internally, I don't think someone else ever telling you, you sold out equates to you selling out. I think selling out is thoroughly an internal mechanism. Oh, yeah. That's an inside job for sure. That's one of those things that when you look in the mirror, can you can you look can you look in the mirror? Right. <laughs> I mean, that goes back to a whole thing that I can talk about for hours, which is like personal honor. You oh, know, if, if, yeah. if you stole the pack of gum from the 7-Eleven, which is a massive corporation, somebody owns that 7-Eleven. It's not just a massive corporation. There's somebody who is accountable to that piece of gum. Uh-huh. If no one catches you, it doesn't mean you got away with it. You look in the mirror and you have to know that. If you cheat on your, your woman and you know that no one ever catches you, 
there's a part of you that when your woman cheats on you, you have to accept the fact that it, it, it and that you can do it to somebody else, that it, it must be able to be done to you. Here, I, I got you. Could you make a painting with a stolen paintbrush? Mm. I have an issue with thievery. <laughs> I've stolen one thing in my entire life. It was Aleister Crowley's book four from my friend Oliver. Yeah. And I, I cried. and took You stole from Oliver? I, I did. I stole. I was young. I was like 14. Uh-huh. But like I stole Aleister Crowley's book four and I went home and I, the next day I walked down a little five points and I gave it back to him and I told him what I did and I cried. Yeah. Um, I, I, that's not to say that I haven't done other illegal things in my life and been very embarrassed, but, oh, but I've thievery, done the, the most unattractive thing I've ever seen in a woman is when she shops love, shop lifts. It well, makes let's get, me let's get, let's crazy. get, let's get in on this really deep then because you and I's relationship, there's an issue or was at, at one time I stole from you. <laughs> you know, I completely forget about that. <laughs> like, um, let's, you know, let's, let's, just real quick. Let's, let's do this one real quick. Cause I think it's important. Cause I think it does illustrate something here. When we were working together as musicians, uh, we were, we, we had done some things. We'd gone on the road. We'd done some good <laughs> shows. I had joined a band that was, the shower name unnamed. Don't don't name the band, please. For <laughs> no, the no. love of God, okay. it wasn't I, a good I, band. So Menton had hired me to to do a part in in a band to to play guitar for his band. I agreed. I agreed to a a price, right? I agreed to to some form of payment that I, that I was given fairly, like definitely fair, like more than fairly. And we got back from being on the road, and I decided. In all of my drug-addled, I'm not blaming it, but I was a mess uh, at the time, I decided that I deserved more. And so I took more. And I wasn't alone, but I'm not going to say anything about that because it's not for me to tell. But it ate me the fuck alive. (laughs) Really? For years, for years, for years. Well, I mean, how many years? Then finally, then when I uh, went through some changes in my life, I I got in touch with you. I made a phone call after you said that you were available and we talked about it and you were what I would say you were extremely kind in accepting what I had to say at that point. And here we are now. Our friendship is stronger. We've worked together in books. We've done some things that I never imagined we would have done back then. And we did some great things back then. But I was eaten alive by that. Absolutely. And so no, I couldn't I couldn't play a stolen guitar any more than I could paint with a stolen paintbrush. And a paintbrush costs infinitely less, right? I, I don't think I could knowingly paint with a stolen paintbrush. But w- what I will say to that incident, yeah, yeah, is like on a on a on a on a realistic level. And you can shoot me down if you want to. <laughs> but I feel like on a real realistic level, serve that. Like, you brought up the tour. We were on a tour. We had agreed to do a tour. Right. And then I canceled. I, like, halfway – not halfway. It was, like, 75% done with it. And then the guy who booked the tour the night before was like, look, if you guys need to bow out – because a bunch of shit had happened on the tour. It was one of the worst times in my life. It was a fucking mess. (laughs) It was funny. It's funny to look back on now. But um, me and Stephanie were talking about it at one point. It's hysterical. But the vehicle caught on fire. It was literally – when I say that. It was a ball of fire going down the highway. It wasn't a slight amount of fire. It was real 
fire. I remember stepping on my leg is hot. I'm looking back. It was absolutely, it was, it was Gothic's fucking spinal tap. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. So I canceled the tour because I was fucking worn out. And I, and I, I, one of the things I did, I didn't really talk to anybody. I just canceled tour. But the, the human being that I was at the time in my life, I was a reaction to the way that I was raised. Yeah. I was reacting to pain, which doesn't give me an excuse. And in fact, it goes the opposite way. But I, I wasn't, I was very needy at the time. I was very clingy at the time. And at the same time, I was very accusatory and judgmental. Yeah. I we, was we not were, a very we good person. People. We were different people. I, I was in a great, I, I mean, anyone who knew me back at that time, I always talked when I met them back up on Facebook or something, I'm like, look, I totally get if you hate me. And they usually <laughs> laugh and they're like, I, I get it, you know, because we mature past it. But, you know, I, I, I know the people that were involved in that thing. And yeah, there were, there were times that that caused me pain. Right. But I do believe the pain that caused me literally helped me grow into the human being that I I want to be. I and agree. It, it, I, I wasn't, I wasn't victim of that, in my opinion. I, I feel like the way that I treated people, the way that I talked to people, um, I, I deserved it. So like, I hold anyone accountable for that situation it, it, more than myself. And, and really, um, it's one of those things that I actually look at fondly. It's not something I look at in, in a negative <laughs> way anymore. It's it's kind of I, like I, I've used that story and to to talk to people about things exactly what we're discussing right now in a way that it's amazing when you can take something that's that's a really shit situation. Like I did a shit thing, but to be able to take that and we can use it and and use it to be helpful later on, which is miraculous like absolutely miraculous to take the worst i agree of and twist it into something that's a, a tool you know using our powers for good as it were <laughs> yeah i mean i think that there's a lot of truth in what you just said because we were such bad people <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that there was like i mean especially i mean i'll we'll just i'll say this out loud is I know for a fact at the time, like I never hit anybody or anything like that, but I was not, I was terrible with, with my girlfriends and women. Like I cheated on them constantly. Like <laughs> I never, I never hit anybody or was like forceful or weird. There was nothing, anything like that. Right, I was, right. I was an absolute dickhead about cheating and just not respecting. Like I remember absolute sweetheart girls that I just treated like absolute crap. Yeah, we and, were awful. We were truly awful. Awful people, but we got good at it. <laughs> being good at it. I remember being good at hiding drug use. I remember being good at getting drugs. I remember being good at doing the things we did. I mean, arguably speaking, the music we had for the band was not good, but we still made a slight impact on the Atlanta scene. We still made a small impact on that scene. So we were able to take nothing and create something out of it. And the guerrilla warfare promo- promotional stuff that we would do. <laughs> it was it, amazing. It, it affected the rest of my life. I mean, multiple companies that have helped start, start multiple things that I've done in my life. I've gone back to those times in my life and gone, how did I get people to know about this? Right, um, right. Like social media wise. I mean, I, I think social media to me and you seems relatively easy compared to what we used to do. Oh, it's infinitely easier than what we used to do. I, I'm, I, I'm a promotional, like machine it's it's almost an art form in itself to me i love to try to to promote I, in fact i i teach a class about promote 
so the idea that we're talking about with selling out back to that to that that topic yeah that's that's part of in a good in, on the good side of it it's a it's a it's a goal it's something to to strive for in some ways provided and here's the caveat is that provided that you are true to what you want to be doing versus you're doing something that makes yourself sick and i think a lot of that has to do with pain yeah you know like i don't know what sure. you were going through at the time but i know that we were both in a, an enormous amount of pain and right. we were and me and i i can say that i was a reaction a robot set of reactions to those pains i think part of that is if we would have been given a record deal at the time that would have been selling out maybe maybe I think when you self-indulge that, because I mean, at, at the point of like 12, 13, I, I feel like you need someone to help you. I mean, when you're, when you're, uh, when you're six months old, you have to have somebody feed you. you yeah. Know, you're not going to live. And, you know, we have children. We've watched them grow up. And, you know, there are times <laughs> when we're younger and you, you need someone to say, you're being a piece of shit. Yeah. You know? I think when you got in that age group, which I think when I met you, I don't know how old I was. I know that I couldn't legally buy beer. I know that. Um, but I was like 16 or something, 17. And at that point, I think you start becoming responsible for your own actions. And oh, absolutely. I, I, should be. And, you know, I, I blame myself for not being a better person. But at the same time, if you, if you knew my entire history, I, I, I think it's, the way that I view it is gratitude for the human being that I am now, regardless of what people say about me, regardless of what people uh, – there are groups of people who dislike me or whatever. I, I can look in the mirror and know exactly who I am, know exactly what I've done and haven't done, you know, and that I can live with. And I think being with that kind of information is the closest I view selling out to. When you can't look in the mirror, when you right. know I've done something that's really bad. And, you know, this is a result of it. I think that's selling out. That's my well, we've talked about we've talked it. about pieces of we've talked about pieces of artwork that we've done before where we felt like they were, you know, we did it. But we feel like maybe we, we undersold ourselves. For me, it was a painting of a koala bear that I did. And I think for you, you had mentioned a long time ago that was a there was a My Little Pony issue we've discussed. But <laughs> the those things we also learn from when we do things. And we realize, like, that's not what I want to do. That's not who I want to be as an artist. That's not – we don't – and what's great about what we do is we don't have to be. I can, I can look at a big number for a painting of a musician that I love, and really my first question is, honest to God, going to be why? It's not about anything past that. It's, can, you know, do I want to do it? Do I have to do it? Should it be done? You know, like, I can – I, the power that we have, that, that one of the things that I love the most, we can say fucking no. <laughs> yeah, which I have a hard one with. I, I'm still learning that lesson, to be honest with you. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think this might be a double standard, and I'd like to be schooled if people feel like it is. But I think music is different than than drawing or painting. I think music is different. There are differences within the arts. I feel like if you're Tom Waits and all of a sudden you start doing jingles for, for, for Baskin Robbins, <laughs> that would be you, brilliant because you need money, not because right. you like Baskin, but because you need money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think that can be viewed as a type of selling out, although it doesn't really matter what Tom Waits does to me. I would buy it. You know what I mean? Of course. Um, so there, there's also there's this weird integrity because he's built integrity for so long as to what he is. I mean, yeah. Tom Waits is nothing but Tom Waits. But if you saw like, you know, uh, an unnamed pop artist do the same thing, it would immediately be looked at as selling out. Well, I was just, I was watching a I was watching a um, a thing on YouTube today. I was Chuck D from Public Enemy was talking. And he said something interesting. Um, he says a lot of things that are interesting, but this was this one got me for whatever reason. And he was talking about he's he's working on a new record, and he's talking about how there's there's one song that he's got that's that that he's been working on, and he feels like it might not be the best song he's ever done, but he feels like it might be might be the most important song he's ever done or done in a long time, and he knows that it he. He he looks like he knows that this is truth. He's not being like a, like he's not bragging in any way. And I tend to believe the man. And I think what's important is that with with music, the one of the main goals is to reach as many people as possible. Whereas I think what you mentioned about about the difference between art and music is sometimes the technicality of the piece, or sometimes the intent of the piece, or the person that's going like the meaning to go with this one thing. It's almost the goal to be very specific versus being very broad. So in yeah. that sense, in that sense, I can see it being two big things. Cause like Chuck D could write another, you know, monster fucking, you know, just, it's just banger. But he, he knows that that's not what this song is. He knows, however, it's going to be really important. Now, which side of that do you want to fall on is a personal, personal choice. And, and again, that goes back to, can you live with yourself? But I think that there is definitely, I think you're right. I think there is a difference between music and art and graphic art and painting and in that sense. And, I, you know, I'm scared I'm being biased or weird, but so I'm open to being wrong about that. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I do, you know, I'm signed to a label. I've got a publishing deal. I, I, I guess I'm a musician. You know, I make music. Um, and, I, and I do approach music differently than I approach art. Like if you... If you contacted me, like, Minton, I want you to do me a giant oil painting of Krampus. Now, obviously, that doesn't necessarily, well, maybe, I, I don't know. Let's think of something different. Um, a giant painting of uh, Rainbow Bright, okay? Sure. My thing is yours. I'm like, okay, why? What are you looking for? What are you seeing in my work that you feel like will translate? <laughs> you know, and, it, and if I can find attention there. Yeah. If I can find a fear of mine there, then I start to become interested in it. Um, but I have been asked to do really silly shit and turned it down. Because it's like what you're asking me to do is something silly just to get me to do something silly. Right. And I have been in, I have been in the position of going, draw, monkey, draw. And, and that I, I won't do. <laughs> um, but it is incredibly, it's incredibly easy to get you to do silly things, I will say. I mean, like I said, sometimes if I can find attention in it or a fear, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I'm real weird with fear, you know, like, uh, on the street, if, if someone accosts me, it usually excites me. Like I, 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 fear is not something that I shy away from very quickly. Yeah. Um, people, people, I'm usually like this jovial, nice guy. And people get real shocked if they ever see me angry because they're like, oh, my God, he's good at anger because, oh, fuck. The thing is, is that I, I don't like living in fear. 
So the whole fight club mentality really is something that I live under is like, I'll go, okay, go ahead and hit me as hard as you can. Go ahead. Let's do this, you know, because I'm not going to go to sleep tonight wondering. Yeah. And, if we're going uh, to do that's, let's do this. Let's do this properly. Right. You know? Yeah, no, and, and so there are times that I get afraid of art. Um, and usually there's something I'm scared of and most like I just finished a painting that there were, I, I, there was something I was terrified in and then getting my feet to where I can't touch the bottom of the pool is important to me. Yeah. I had, I, there was a time where, right when I first started painting where I was painting stuff I knew I could paint. And not only did the paintings, in my opinion, lack any kind of energy, it wasn't the love of my life to paint it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When I'm painting, I'm usually in love. Like I'm, I'm, you know, like right when you first meet somebody and you, the first kid, that's how I feel when I'm painting. When I smell oil paint, I'm like immediately transported to like, this is why I pay taxes. This is why I deal with bullshit on social media. Or this is, this is all the stuff. This is why I do all the things. This is, yeah, this makes it worthwhile. Right. And if I don't have something in there that I don't know how to paint or that I don't know how I'm going to approach it. Um, you know, I mean, I think we, we've talked about cartooning before painting, like having your sketch laid down. There, yeah. There's always, there's always an area of that sketch that I don't know what's happening in. There's always a color I'm using that I don't quite know how to deal with. There's always a fabric or a shadow or um, a way of dealing with the nose or a way of dealing with lips that I, I, I don't know if it's going to come across. And it's it, when I say this, I'm going to regret it. But it's been a while <laughs> since I've I've been a, I haven't been able to finish a painting. Yeah. Where I'm like, this is dog shit, and I, I have to burn it. It's been a long time. Normally, I, I I can find a way of making it work, and that's that's the drug I'm addicted to. That's the thing. Like the way I paint, it's like a bunch of mush, and then at some point, there's like a 15 minute period where that mush starts to have a presence. Right. And I'm absolutely 100,000% addicted to that. I absolutely love that. Um, you know, there's been paintings I've done where you finish the painting, you put it on the wall to dry, and there's literally somebody else in the room with you. There's another one where I finish a painting and I feel like that painting's always been done. There's all these amazing, like to me, metaphysical fucking things that go on. Like painting is one of the most metaphysical things in the world to me. Like, no one else would understand it from an outside standpoint and, and call me crazy, which is, which is acceptable and fine. Sure. But it's, it's in that process. And when I'm not doing that, that's selling out. Mine is, I, do you ever get the one where, where you paint the thing and it's like, it was always there in the first place. You just like, maybe you just dusted it off, but it was already there. Absolutely. I yeah. I get that one. Does that feel metaphysical to you? Because it feels absolutely <laughs> otherworldly to me because you're sitting there going that painting's always been there but i just yeah. finished it yeah yeah i, I feel I, I like got... i've always seen that painting and, it, and and i've never fucking seen it like it's like this very normal thing but at the same time it, it blows my fucking mind and i'm so addicted to it yeah same same i mean it, it's so to me when i do art for shows or there's a category of commissions i do yeah. There's no way to sell out with those. There's the other version of that, which is illustration, which I'm going to do illustration to, to do the best I can to put bread on the table. 
that's Absolutely. not art. That's not art. I, you can't really fucking sell out there. If I'm, if you're asking me to draw Thor or fucking, you know, uh, Judge Dredd, which I've done, or you know, uh, Magic: The Gathering, which I had a great time doing, that's illustration. It's it's not necessarily art. They're asking you to convey a very specific marketing thing. That yeah, they, they but, they want, you but they want your finger. They want your fingerprint on it, though. Is the thing. Well, it's like um, God willing, from your mouth to God's ears, most of the time. I mean, there's definitely been jobs where it's like, what? Why did you hire me for this? Like you, yeah, you have no like, and, and you just finish them, and you're like, great, we're done, you know, and, and thank you, and I appreciate the the income. I truly do appreciate the the gratitude. Thank you so fucking much. But like, there has to be a bifurcation between. When you have called me and said, I need you to do a Coca-Cola logo versus, okay, I'm doing a show. There's, right. there's a massive fucking bifurcation in that. There, yeah, there's, it's nowhere there's near. a big difference. If somebody, if somebody approaches me and wants me to paint like a character from a movie, it's absolutely going to be something where you will know that it is that character from that movie. Whereas if they ask me, which is my favorite, this is, this is my favorite, is paint something. Like they want something that I've done. They want one of my pieces when they come to me and they just give me the, the open door and they say they want something that's, that's amazing. And I, and that I can never consider any of that selling out. But at the same time, if they're coming to me for a character of something or a, a known entity already, right. Then, then I don't feel that it's a sellout conversation. Like that's, I'm a professional artist. Part of that is doing things that maybe I wouldn't do sitting down to the canvas by myself, but at the same time, I do those things as an exercise for myself because every painting you get a little something, you get something out of it. You get some meat out of some, almost everything, even if it's something you don't think you're going to. Like I was, I was painting some pet portraits recently and I never thought I would get anything out of it, but I learned a lot of shit from doing those pet portraits. And I felt like this might be a sellout thing. And then I walked away from it and I felt okay about it. Like going into it, I was a little dicey. Coming out of it, I was like, I learned how to do a few things differently than what I was doing before. And I was okay. Yeah, because hair is a son of a bitch. And like, Dude, fur and hair is a bitch. It's a son of a bitch. Uh, and any chance I get to, 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 you know, hone my skills there, I'm into. Yeah. Um, I mean, I will agree. I think the best commission you're ever going to get from me is when you either say, I just want something of yours. Yeah. And I've I, also, I've had people uh, go, <coughs> I want you to paint something that, that you're going through right now. <coughs> that's a huge one. And, and I, I, I've never been more thankful when I yeah, get commissions. Absolutely. Like, that's like, oh my God. Um, so I, I don't feel, again, I feel like selling out as an internal, it's, it's golf. It's not something you're playing against anyone else and someone can be like you're so i'm like i don't uh, okay Um, i don't give a shit when somebody if somebody says to me you're a sellout then i just you know what i picture in my head it's there's a episode of family guy where this guy is running around calling him a phony the whole time and that's the person doing it in my mind i've had people say stuff like that to me before and i just laugh because of course that's some that's part of what we do like part of what i do if i don't want to go fucking punch a time clock then what I've got to do sometimes is paint some stuff that would not be my first choice. However, I can make it my last choice if that's what I want. Like I said, I have the power to say no to stuff, and I do it all the time. But 
somebody else's opinion of what I'm doing isn't going to make that judgment of is it am I a sellout? Only I can do that. Like you can hate my work all day long, but if I love what I'm doing and this is where I want to be at with what I'm creating, and I can, you know, I can look at myself in the mirror like we said, then I don't I don't consider myself a failure or a sellout in that sense. I consider myself a sellout only when I'm not being true to what I what I want to be doing and how how I want to invest my time and my intention, what I want to put that energy into. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I'm on the exact same page. I think that it's an internal thing. And, you know, we live in an era, an era where judgment and acceptance is like this giant. It's a sport. What I I hear when I hear like the STWs go crazy is I hear I want to be accepted. And I think one, there's nothing wrong with that. No, like no. If, if, if whatever you need in this world that I can help you help, I'm going to help you. But I do hear the pain from that and where they're attacking other people because they need to be accepted. And that, that, that makes sense to me. But I think the older I get, you know, a, a tidbit of wisdom that I live with is the, the less I care about what people think of me, the happier oh, the, I am. Absolutely. 100%. Um, and that, that goes with like, oh, my God, Minton, you're the greatest ever. Because that's almost just as fucking complicated as you are the, the biggest piece of shit on the planet. Because then I had this expectation I got to live up to. And then I had this. So for me, the less I care, the more I'm happy, the more I can care about what I think of me. And yeah. I think in the end of the day, that comes back to a lot of like Greek ideals about, you know, philosophy and, 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 and being a human being and personal honor. I mean, personal honor is so far outside of our modern collective view of what reality is uh, that when yeah. you, when you talk to most people about it, that's, you get the, you get the nod. Everybody knows what you're talking about, but it, it, it's not a thing that we've educated each other on. And you know, like this, the pack of gum I was talking about earlier or, or the cheating, or you talked about the thieving, like it, it's one of those things that the internality is incredibly important. Yeah. And we have placed so much importance on what you think of me, what I can do with this. And because you get power that way. If you make a bunch of friends at work, usually what that spells is promotion. The externality is what winds up paying your bills and what puts, puts food on your table. But for an artist, the internality, if it's not a sacred place, I think it begins to die out. Yeah. I think that there are a few musicians, uh, Okay, I'll just – I don't want to name people. There are people <laughs> that have only a limited amount of things to do that are interesting I think because I think kings make shitty music. I think the moment you start thinking you're the shit, you start making shit. Uh, yeah, we've, said, not, we've talked about this before. Absolutely. If you're not grinding against it, then it's not real. I think a lot of that – there's so many debut albums that are awesome. And yeah. it's the sophomore record that can be kind of cool. And then usually by the third record, they have nothing to say because – you know, it is said that almost anyone can write a really good first book because you have your whole life to write that book. Mm-hmm. But that's that second book that shows if you're a writer or not. And I think that kind of plays into this. It's like if you want to be a runner, you got to run. You got to practice running. If it's not getting people to accept, one of the things I get asked a lot about, you know, like how do I get into art? How do I become a professional artist? Of the and one of the main things that comes out of my mouth is like make shit you really love. Uh-huh. 
And people yeah. don't, it, it, the hearing of that doesn't go through all the time because it's not your girlfriend, your mom, your, your best friend. I don't care if they like it. They can be over the moon with it. I don't care if you sold. I don't. I don't care if you sold nine thousand prints of it. What matters is if you you really love it. Right. And, right. When I finish a painting, yes, I will start worrying about if people like it. But I swear to God to you that somehow in my mind and my psyche, I've trained myself while I'm preparing a piece, while I'm constructing a piece, while I'm painting a piece. It is. It never don't. It never comes in if people are going to like it. It's about me and that piece and translating my internality there. And then, sure, once I start washing brushes, I'll start looking and going, I don't know, you know, maybe this is crap. <laughs> sure, that insecurity plays in at that point. But I do think selling out is the opposite of that. Selling out is me sitting down going, okay, what can I paint that people will love? It's yeah, an internal and that, that, thing. Whole, that whole thing where you're, where you're doing something that you – where it's where you start out with something that you love whether it be playing music or painting or photography or whatever it is then you get some kind of a job doing it or some kind of a, a, a somebody pays you to do something that maybe is against your prime directive if you will like that's the that's the deal with the devil right there is when you when you're doing something that you used to love and now you don't because now you're trapped in this thing where you're expected to do a certain thing also like talking about certain musicians that do a certain song they got one song and they got five records of it you know that's that's what that's to me at my age now which is i'm almost 50 that that's to me what selling out would look like is that that i'm just a caricature of myself right yeah i mean i think that there are certain celebrities that have definitely become a you know a parody of themselves like you're, yeah. you're looking at them going dude you're 50 why are you dressing like <laughs> Um, but I, you know, I, selling out is, 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 is an objective opinion that other people give, but I think yeah. if you felt like you were selling out, that's the only one that would actually matter. Yeah. Like, it, only, it only has weight. It only has weight when it's, when it's you looking at yourself, I think I, I, as a concept, when I was younger, like I mentioned it, it was everything. Like you don't want to be a sellout. You want to be true to your, whatever, whatever it is. But then you, as you walk down this road you wind up finding a different perspective on certain things and today it's 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 just being true to myself but at the same time like i could if i was just painting characters for the rest of my life and that was making me fulfilled in some form or fashion i could still live with that but part of me as a person and part of you as a person i know that we that that deep end you're talking about i gotta i gotta jump in I can't just put yeah. it. Yeah. And, I, you know, we've developed a set of skills. I mean, like like every job, if you work at a plant or you work at a, a pharmacy, over time you develop a certain amount of skills. And I understand when people come to me and go, look, I want this for the cover of my book because you've developed yeah. these skills to do it. I don't – that's not selling out. That's it's putting bread on the table. It's giving something that's, that, they, that they need for their project. It's, um, it's it, important. You and it, know, I mean, and, if you if you paint a painting that a lot of people like, like if you make a painting and it turns into it, somehow magically it becomes a Warhol soup can, right? Like something where a lot of people like this this thing you've done, whatever this thing is, uh, the the who knows what it could be, any number of Banksy's or whatever whatever you want to say. If that's what that becomes, your your painting becomes like the next McDonald's French fries, right? Like. 
why is that bad? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, there was a statement by Laurel, Lars Lorich. I can never say his name right, but they were like, we, we, we say you sold out Metallica. And he's like, yeah, we sell out every stadium. I don't know yeah. how to take it, but I like the statement. I, I don't know if Metallica sold out or not. I don't have an opinion. But I like the idea behind it. I like the idea that he's just like, yeah, I mean, I'm doing and, and you look at the people who gain joy, you know, um, out of what they do. You know, like people talk about, you know, pop music having not a lot of credibility, but I, I've, I've seen people get an enormous amount of joy and pleasure out of listening to it. Yeah. So what art is, is obviously in the eye of the beholder to that individual. And I mean, my definition of art is, does it move me? I don't give a fuck if it's a photograph, it's a, if, if it's fashion, if it's a pop song, if it's a super cool indie song, alternative, whatever. <laughs> does it move me? Right. I like that's shit the test. that moves me. You know, whether that's a sitcom, I'm laughing at the sitcom, or whether that's a deep intellectual thriller drama of some kind. I care about does it move me? Does it move me on an emotional and intellectual level? I, I, that's what I care about. Yeah. And so selling out would be this does not move me. For me to say somebody else sold out is for me to be following them and be like, you don't, you're, you're, you're not being true to yourself anymore. You have a limited amount of things that you did that, that you went in and you found success and then you stopped. And you see it all the fucking time. Right. People will get to it, especially in music, which is weird. Acting is not as similar. If you see a lot of actors, a lot of actors go on an up, upward trajectory and either something bad happens that fucks their career up, but never mind, I won't get into that. But I could go deep on the on the acting thing because I see I see some people that are when I there's there's some actors that I've loved over the years that now I can't stand them because they're just they're just a one note it's just one note over oh my and god over. you you gotta tell me who come on who, who like who I mean when when my entire acting skill set is saying motherfucker right like right I just right. can't handle it I loved him before but I just can't handle it anymore who who is it well it's Sam Jackson I don't, I just he's a one note actor at this point right like i'll say something really awful i think al pacino is, uh, same I, I, I couldn't like if he, he's oh in a movie it, there was a time in my life where i'm like it's an al pacino movie i'm fucking watching it not anymore. And, and like I, robert I de niro like when Ro robert de niro did rocky and bullwinkle i was out i was done <laughs> i was done with it okay so so that's his sellout moment that's it that's that's it right i, I don't i i don't i don't want to cast judgment in that way but what i will say is that for me i wasn't moved at all by it no, you watch was, Taxi Driver was, and you're like, holy God, what an amazing movie. You're like, I think it left me more Godfather. confused. It left me more confused than anything. I mean, at this point, Al Pacino basically plays the same character in everything. Yep. And I, I'll say this, like, people who are close to me know that I have this, it's immature, and I'm casting about the face, neck, and chest area because this is immature, but I, <laughs> I literally... Meg Ryan gives me hives. Like I can't, I can't watch a movie with Meg Ryan in it. I can't. I fucking hate her. And she, I've never met the woman. Now we're She's hearing never done anything. Truth. I just can't do it. She always plays the same fucking person. Yeah. And like, it, it, there's something about the way her mouth moves that makes me want to fucking like. I just can't stand her. Um, I can see it. I can see what you're saying. But yeah, I mean, it, it, music. A lot of times, you'll see people go on this trajectory and it just fucking stops. Like, I mean, people that we can talk shit about, like, in my opinion, Trent Reznor, he had a moment where he started kind of just making what he makes. Yeah. And then he goes off in the corner and will come out with, like, with teeth, and you're like, what the fuck is amazing? Like, he has something to say to me. I mean, and, and like, 
I'm blown away at people who I can watch go back into that corner and come out fucking swinging. And you're like, oh my God, that's what an amazing feat that was. Um, and I think any artist that survived for more than a few years making stuff and making a, a, a living doing it or making income doing it is, is phenomenal. Fuck yeah. You know, like, yeah, uh, I don't, I don't want to mention names, but uh, I just talked to an artist in Atlanta who's an awesome artist. But after talking to him, I got more interested in their work and started looking at more of their work. And I'm like, oh, my God. Right. Um, they're phenomenal. You know, I, 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 I guess I don't like, uh, your friend, um, Katie Logan. Uh, uh, Kate's when amazing. You, when, when you start understanding what she's doing, it's pretty mind blowing. You know what <laughs> I mean? And how conscious uh, she has these YouTube videos. And I swear to God, I'm not being a stalker. I'm just trying to understand the Atlanta art scene a little bit. And, you know, she has these videos where she has such awareness over what she's doing. Yeah, definitely. Like, it, it's not tongue in cheek. She's aware well, can, of what's happening. It's crazy. You can also go back. We, we did a. I did. I got to. I got to interview her for for this podcast. Like, there's an episode. I don't remember what number it is, but there's a an episode where I got to interview Kate, and she talks about some of that. It's amazing. I think that's the uh, absolute opposite of selling out. Yeah, I agree. Where there's this thing you found, and you're bringing yourself so much joy by doing it. Um. You know, like I was watching one of her YouTube videos and, and she's like so unapologetic about her about her methodology of what she goes through and how she makes it. Yeah. Um, you know, I watched her draw digitally, print it out, put carbon paper down, use that. I mean, like she, her process was so unapologetic. It was like so unbelievably refreshing to watch that. Yeah. Um, and and, you know, she has a fan base. People like her work and they should. And definitely, uh, there's such a sense of humor, which is needed in art. I have no sense of humor with art. Like my art is the laugh. <laughs> like it's if you're laughing at it, thank you, I guess. But like, I don't feel like there's any sense of humor. So I'm drawn to art with such a sense of humor because it's so alien to me. Yeah. Um, yours does too. There is a sense of humor in your art that I think is unbelievably individualistically Vaughn. It's, That's one it's of the things I love so much about what you do. It's something I hear about. I hear about that from people. I don't know if I always see it, but I hear about that. I hear that there's some kind of like um, it's it, it's it's dark yet there's still some kind of a lightness to it that I don't quite know where that comes from yet. But um, it is something I'm aware of, and it's just something that happens as I go. It doesn't like I'm not ever going to put out anything that's like I'm, I'm not a gory person or anything like that. I, I you know I like to have a certain amount of. There's just there's just something that there's a lightness that happens in some of the stuff, even if I do something that's a little bit on the heavy handed side for me. I wish that I could try to articulate it. I think if I try to articulate it, I'm just going to wind up offending you. But there, there's <laughs> because it, it's difficult to, to I, I don't like when people start talking about, OK, this is the aisle at Walmart you belong at. Right, right. Um, but there is a whimsical nature to it. There's a serious nature to your work. We should do a podcast where we explain how we feel about each other's work. That would be fucking fun. <laughs> We're going to fight. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, but it, 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 there's... Uh, Let's add it having, to the list. Having, having, like known, having you, though, you look at the world... Like I remember being in a car with you, um, <laughs> and... Uh, 
I, I don't like the fact that we fucking pave everything, right? Right. I don't like that. I don't like that there's fucking. I remember you saying to me, just pave the whole fucking thing. I don't give a shit. And it was fucking <laughs> funny. Like, th- th- there's an essence of that in your work where you have this view of the world. This is, a, I mean, I, I think this is one of the biggest compliments I can give anybody. I see the world through your eyes, I get a sense of how you see the world okay. by looking at your art. And it's not unbeautiful. It's not this wretched empathy thing. Yeah. And see, to me, that's darkness. To me, you're giving such life to the shadow aspects of you. You're saying, hey, the worst parts of me are, 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 are just as beautiful as everything else. Yeah. And, and I fucking love it. And the, there's a clown aspect, sure. <laughs> it's, there's a thing about the clown thing for, for with you, though, where it's, you've gone deeper than just clowns. Which the right. con archetype is a massive and huge and, and ever present in the collective consciousness. But you've gone past that point, and I really enjoy that. Like, I really enjoy the fact that there's, there's a respect for makeup, which we share. Like oh, my female God. Female makeup, we, we both get into it. And they're like, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with this, but you'll see me at the mat counter because I'm looking at colors. And I'm looking at how they're like palettes, like, you know, Kat Von D palettes and NARS palettes and shit. Yeah. I don't wear makeup, but I will be looking at what they're doing and going, oh, this is I never would have put that brown with that purple. Like See, I have the I have the benefit. We, we both we're both married and I have the benefit of my, my wife does her, her makeup is immaculate. Most of the when I, I can't I can't even fuck with it. There's just so I have such a great example to, to see on a daily basis of what Jen's doing with her face. <laughs> like. It inspires me. It, most of my paintings, are, if you hadn't guessed, are inspired in no small part by my wife. Well, first off, this podcast needs a YouTube channel. And here's a challenge that I put forth. One of the times you come to Atlanta, we go, uh-huh. we, get, we get cosmetic paint for airbrushes. And me and you attempt to do the makeup of our, of our ladies <laughs> using airbrush. We film oh, it. We put it on God. the YouTube channel. That's a challenge. Do it. Yeah, I'm in. That would and, be beautiful. We, well, when when we did wear makeup, it, we were no slouches either. Dude, you were really good at it. <laughs> you looked fucking cool. Like, I can't say. I mean, as a human male, I mean, it, for for anybody out there that's bisexual or gay, God love you. I'm super into fucking. Everybody is awesome. I don't have a gay bone in my body, so I can't. I, I don't know if you were attractive. You you seemed like the women loved you. I'll say that. <laughs> but you looked cool as fuck. Like you, I, I think you looked awesome. I mean, as I don't far know as what we were doing, but but it was working. Whatever we were doing. Yeah, I mean, I always tried to wear makeup like I wasn't wearing makeup. That was kind of my thing. I used to people were like, man, you're really on heroin. I'm like, I'm actually on cocaine. But like, I would try to do it that way. <laughs> um, the but yeah, makeup was fun. I mean, I kind of miss that about myself. But it, at this point in my life, it's like I, I get all those willies out when I paint. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like it just doesn't go. I'm I'm never like every time I see a guy with a dyed beard, I feel sorry for them. Aw, it feels bad. <laughs> yeah, it feels bad, man. I, there's this guy I know. on YouTube who's who you can tell his girlfriend is just like making him dye his beard blue, and like he just he's just humiliated. That it's poor just, son of a bitch. I know, dude. It's bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, as far as selling out, I mean, I think these conversations go in multiple threads, and I and I enjoy right. that. Um, but as far as selling out, I think we've covered it, you know, I think we've well, covered it's, it. it's, you know, Hey man, stay golden pony boy. Like it's just, as long as you don't fucking want to shoot yourself in the eye every day, you're winning at some point. 
I agree, man. Just being you and trying to be yourself and and not letting other people's opinion of it bother you that much. Least of I all mean, my I, opinion. Don't ever let my opinion affect your opinion of, of yourself. Well, maybe <laughs> maybe you're maybe you're the only person. The but, only. But it's, it's, yeah, but <sighs> it, it's 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 one of those things that I feel like I just recently got asked by somebody through a thread. They were asking me about how to become an artist, you know, and, right. and like, I, I, I don't want to repeat myself too much, but just make shit you really love. And if you're making shit you really love, that's not selling out. Mm-hmm. You know, I if agree. that winds up making people happy, that's not selling out. You know, if, if, if it moves people, you know, but I do think if you're making shit that moves you, <clears throat> you're going to eventually move other people. Definitely. That's for sure. But if you get to a point where you are just repeating yourself over and over again, you're going to wind up hating yourself. Yeah, and and there's a stagnation that goes on that that's undeniable. It is. It's, it's unhealthy. It's it's like it's fucking cancer. <laughs> so yeah, maybe maybe next episode we just deep dive into each other's work. That would be fucking fun. Maybe, maybe let's we'll do it. Fight. Um, everybody that's listening to the podcast, all five of you, thank you so much for everything. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're gonna keep doing this. Yeah. Yep, I think so. And when we uh, are both in Atlanta, we're definitely going to have to get together and do one in person. So that I'm really looking forward to that. So that'll be great. Yeah, man. I think it'd be really, really fun. I mean, I'm um, really looking forward to seeing you there and uh, having some dinner. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing your lady. It's always a charm to see her. Um, uh huh. Meeting yours. Yeah, she's very quiet. <laughs> but every now and then she'll let she'll let it rip, and you're like, oh my god, yeah. perfect. She she was listening. Um, All right, awesome. well, this she, has been great. To and, you. and yeah, we'll we'll do this again next week. And um, yeah, man, thanks for everything. Thank you, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you for doing this.